This is a Be Groovy or Leave production. Head to BeGroovyOrLeave.com to discover the best in new music. Now on with your show. Welcome to Life on Music. I'm your host, Jesse Napper. If you're new to the show, this is the podcast where I chat with a different musician each week all about music. And this week, I have my friend H on the show. He recently put out an EP called Exit Stage Left, which has songs such as this, which is the title track from that EP, Exit Stage Left. He's also got some more tunes coming later in the year, which we'll talk a little bit about in the episode. But let's just jump straight into the chat with H. Cool. So we got H with us today. How are you doing today, H? Hey, man. Good. Yourself? Good, good, good. It's been a while. We've known each other for for quite a while now. I'm going to say... I'm trying to remember. 2013, I think we met. Um, we went to uni together. Yeah, when I moved down to Sydney, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but it's been a been a little bit like a year probably since I've I've actually seen you. So um, it's good to see you again. Good to see you too, man. I think the last time I saw you was at uh, one of your gigs. Yeah, yeah, it was just before I moved states, as they call it. Yeah. So where are you right now? Are you? I'm still in Sydney. I never, I never moved. Oh, I didn't. It was all a big lie. Um, uh-huh. Well, it wasn't meant to be a lie, but, you know, some things happened in the world that, um, yeah. But anyway, totally won't, yeah. won't get too into it. But, um, yeah, I first wanted to con- congratulate you on these tracks. It's a few tracks you put out all at once from an EP exit stage left. Yeah, and they're really cool. Um yeah, I didn't really know. You kind of just sent them to me. I didn't really know what to expect. And it yeah, wasn't really really what I expected. But um, yeah, fucking really cool, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, well, I didn't know really what to expect either when we did it. The main goal was build a studio. Mm-hmm. So like for the past 18 months, that's kind of what I've been doing is just piecing together a studio with the main right. goal of recording. I just wanted to record out of it. Yeah, so I got my hands on some outboard gear. Yeah, just been writing a bunch. It's a solo project. It's the first time. Yeah, I tracked everything myself, wrote and recorded everything myself. So I was sitting on a bunch of ideas for a long time. And then I guess it was just finding the sound, you know, just spent like 18 months just figuring it out, just figuring out what that next step was, you know. And then, I don't know, it came a time earlier this year and my brother came to me and he's like, yo, you're sitting on all these tracks. What are you, what are you going to do with them? And then that day we kind of decided, okay, I'm going to, now's the time we'll release a record. Mm-hmm. And we spent the month locked down in my studio when we came, mm-hmm. Exit Stage Life was the result. Yeah, nice. So, so you played everything on the record yourself? Yeah, I did it all myself. So wrote, record, cool. produced this whole thing. So Yeah, nice. Yeah. It was, there was times where I was eager to maybe involve other people or not even specific people, but just the idea of piecing 
you know, collaboration together to work on these things. And then it came to me fairly quickly that this was going to be a hundred percent solo venture. So that's what I did. I wrote and recorded the yeah, whole thing. Cool. Yeah, nice. <laughs> How does that um experience doing it all alone compared to because I know you've like been in a band before with your brother. Yeah, totally. Um, how, how does that kind of compare? And of course, you've been kind of the front person now. You were just on guitars back then. Yeah, exactly. So that's the 18 months I was kind of talking about there where I was mm-hmm. figuring out what to do. Grew up with my brother playing in a band with him where I was the lead guitarist. And then, yeah, it was good, man, because I knew exactly what I wanted in terms of sound, mm-hmm. in terms of just whole vibes where everything was going. I knew exactly, like, I didn't know what the songs were, but after I kind of all my research came together, I knew at least the road I was traveling mm-hmm. yeah. for it. And then it just came down to, it was fun, man. It was kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. I just, I structured it really hard in terms of just limiting myself of if I was a band, how would I be playing this? That's kind of where I started yeah. from because it right. can get, as you know, like overwhelming very quickly, just adding mm. layers when you're sitting there by yourself, just creating something. And the sound I wanted was the sound you heard. So that just came from two guitars, bass, drums, synth, yeah. vocal track. Just listening to the track, I think especially on the the um, first and last track, so Exit Stage Left and All I Know, there's a um they're a bit um i guess cynical kind of tracks is that mm. fair to say if that's how you heard the tracks yeah i, I don't know I, I like how was it is that kind of what you're going for were you going for something different not necessarily cynical i don't think that's maybe that's the wrong I, word um no that's totally fine that's how you heard it but more so the phrase exit stage left mm-hmm. had been like floating around the chambers for years and years right Okay. Like over 10 plus years, I've just had that phrase. And then it came to through the first track you mentioned, which ended up naming Exit Stage Left. I had no correlation to the album title at first, but I started writing this track and I kind of remembered this phrase. And they right. sat perfectly with the whole message of the track. Exit Stage Left is more of just an acknowledgement of the world I find myself in, mm-hmm. things I see in life, my day-to-day, how it moves. Yep. And it's just a little uh, call out to that. I'd say the the song and the message is still quite positive though because sure. it's about finding purpose, finding meaning, coming back and uh, using that. And yeah, all I know is kind of a middle finger up song in a lot of ways, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Your lines, like I'm sick of this shit, I'm saying what I see. So it's in yep. the same realm of being aware to my surroundings, what's going on and really having a deep think and focus about just what it's doing for myself and then those around me and then just building that community spirit. Yeah, cool. And I'm kicking a bit of dust as I, as I exit that door, you know what I mean? But Yeah. Yeah, dope. Yeah. Yeah, right on. So you've had these um, these tracks out for a little bit now. Uh, not too long, but um, mm. it's been like two, three months now maybe? Yeah, some, yeah a few months. Something like that. Yeah. So have you got any kind of plans moving forward in terms of songs, what you want to put out? Yeah, man, I do. I didn't, at the time we really didn't, because like I said, it was this one day of conversation. I live with Mm -hmm. my brother also. So it was just a conversation over coffee where one morning where it was, what the fuck are you doing with these songs? Mm. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I guess. And he's like, well, when's the time? And like it was there, so we just did it, boom, released it. So at the time, we weren't thinking as much as just we knew the mission and we recorded those tracks and got them out. Yeah. With that sole purpose of doing it 100% ourselves. But yeah. I was so adamant on that because there's a million kids out there 
who are young, who want to be in a band mm. or want to be doing something right, but are maybe limited to the same restrictions that I was in the sense that if you even want to call it that restrictions, but limited to the sense of, well, I want to play rock music, but mm. I'm just me. And how is that little kid going to do that? Yeah. And it's like, well, if you know guitar, you know bass and like, and you know how it goes, you know how that, that thing builds. Sure. And yeah. so I was really adamant about just going, look what can be done and then doing it. And that's what we did. So I'm super proud of the fact that that was the goal and that's been shown and proven now that any kid can go do that. And you don't need to have a drummer in your town or I, mm. I grew up in a small country town. So, and I was really blessed the fact that I played music with my brother and my best friend at the time. And to this day, not at the time, but my best friend was a drummer. But I just know from other people in my town and small other towns around that were playing music, it's a hard thing to find. Mm. So not everyone's lucky enough to live in bigger, bigger populated areas for that. Yeah. So that was the main goal for that. And then moving forward, a bunch of cool things. We're working, working with this engineer, Tim Adamson, um, and we've got a few cool things we're gonna we have coming up around exit stage left still. That run isn't mm. over. And then yeah, I have a back catalogue of tracks that we're slowly starting to figure out what's next with, what's the next plan, what's the next step. Yeah, cool. I've just got the fuck out of Sydney right now because All of right. everything that's going on. I got out, yeah. saw the writing on the wall a little, so we got out mm. at a time we could still. And so now it's a little bit of solidarity and yeah, where I'm at, so it's probably time to get to work on the next. But yeah, I suppose, yeah, kind of getting out of the, the, the big city can kind of or just any kind of location change can really help with the, um, I guess, songwriting process. Being in a different environment, I suppose, changes your outlook, at least even a little bit. Totally, man, 100%. Well, the way we recorded Exit Stage Left was, like I said, just out of my home studio. Mm-hmm. Like We're working 20-plus hour days mm-hmm. every day, not sleeping, doing 20-minute uh, meditation reboosts rather than sleeping. Just go, go, go. So 100%, right. just that change up of style and scenery just with even in the same room was needed for what we did. And sure. same out here because the goal is still the same. All these next lot of tracks will be written, recorded, produced by myself. So yeah, a bit more space to make noise right now. Hope you're enjoying the chat so far. Just breaking it up as I always do to let you know if you wanted to check out H's music, You can find that on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you stream music or wherever you buy music. You can find it there. And go and follow him on his socials as well to keep up to date with what he's got going on when he has new music coming out. And while you're on the socials, you can follow Life on Music on our socials as well. All the social links will be down in the description of the episode. And if you are enjoying the chat, you can follow or subscribe to Life on Music wherever you're listening right now to hear the episodes when they're first released. But let's jump back into the chat with H. just like listening to all the tracks they've gotten Mm. better over time at least for me Mm. Uh, so i I suppose i probably shouldn't say this sometimes i'll have a guest like on the podcast and i'll like be really into their music and i'll be listening to it for a few weeks and i was like this isn't as good as when i first heard it but yeah i think yours is definitely um Mm. i don't know if grows on you is the right word because um i instantly thought it was good but yeah i guess you just i just pick up on Little, uh, little things each time and yeah it's really really dope man i appreciate that there's lots of character in the tracks like my main mm. not necessarily the main but i was really into the beatles and beach boys 
during those times. Yeah. Like, and that's, right. that doesn't necessarily correlate to the music I was writing. Yeah. But every morning I was waking up listening to God Only Knows and right. starting my day like that and just having all that. So all their layering and attention to mm. detail. Sure. Um, we tried to bring that free spirit energy into our sessions. So like I said, I was recording it in my place, which was an apartment studio in the city. Yeah. So in, uh, in High in the East, in one of the acoustic guitar tracks, you can hear the beeping of a truck back and back because oh, right. we had fucking construction around us the whole time. Yeah. And so it's just it was just working with what you got, and yeah. it was the fuck it was the take we had to use. It was the best take, and it just sort of happened yeah. to have these peeps in it, and little things like that. There was heaps of character throughout. All the vocals were recorded inside the house, outside the house, or just in and around. So it's cool that you're hearing different things every time because mm. we kept it pretty basic and simple. But just it was all about the intent and the energy we we're putting in. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you, you're saying like there's little things like the the um, the truck horn that just um, happened to be in the best take of the song. You, you'll see mm. things like like the Beatles you mentioned. You'll just like there'll be just a list of things like look out for this in the song. Like, I don't know, like in Hey Jude, there's a bit where, where like John Lennon yells out wrong chord and Paul McCartney's like, fucking hell. And it's like, now it's like a feature of the song um, when you yeah. know it. And that's cool, I think, man, because it's just fucking cool. You know yeah, what I mean? Like whatever totally. that is. And I think people, especially because we can make so much music straight from the computer, Mm. these days without even having to worry about room noise or fucking anything like that yeah the idea of what that perfection sound is is not necessarily always best suited for the gen you know what i mean so mm. we yeah, had an totally. amp i used an ac30 for all the guitars for all the guitar tracks and i had it pushed in the corner of my yep. room and i had mattresses and pillows just stuffed all around it because that was just how how we learned i learned that from uh, joel chapman shout out joel but um, back in the day when we were recording with him as a kid, but and just little things like that. It's the uh, it's the life in the tracks, is what I really kind of pulled from those mm. any of those artists from back in the sixties, seventies, even eighties before it all started getting really really programmed like that. But uh, yeah, it's cool. It was just the way it is. on the on that note of the Beatles. I was so heavily into just how they recorded, how they just had things. I was just heavily invested in those like that era of the bands. Yeah. Still am, but during that period i was like really into it to the point that i was having a power meditation nap so i was telling you about because we didn't allow ourselves to sleep like we put the time clock we knew the re- what the release date was going to be before we finished the tracks mm-hmm. and it was you know just perfect chaos really the whole time yeah. but we knew where we were, we were headed to it yeah and um so i was having one of these like delirious 20 minute naps and i woke up and as soon as my eyes opened i stared straight out through to uh, my living room couch and there was a uh, there was a doona just scrunched up on the couch and in the couch was John Lennon. The face of John Lennon was sitting in that couch. And I'm there, I woke up and I saw his face. I'm like, man, I am on the right train right now. I know exactly where I should be. Just So the idea of just bringing, and anyone can do that. And it can not even be with bands or anything, but just the idea of taking the energy of something that someone's built up and then connecting with it. And the whole time we lived, I was the place where we were recording my house at the time was just off the cliffs in the city, just looking over the East. Mm -hmm. So kind of looking off that direction and out. So every day we'd 
go out and kind of take that all in. Just the influences over the seas, you know what I mean? And and things like that. A lot of 3am walks, trying to figure out, hear, listening to the mixes and figuring out the next steps and stuff like that. So it's all necessary. Yeah, that's dope, man. Just going back a little bit, you mentioned with some upcoming things you have, you're working mm. with a, a new producer, yeah. a new engineer. Yeah. Is that still going to be from from your studio or you're going to a different studio no we're going to stick it with my studio wherever that wherever that lies because my studio is really just a pair of krks my two pieces of outboard gear interface and my guitars so i can take that in a laptop right and that's all i really plan on doing again just recreating it doing through bringing tim on board is just a fresh set of ears Mm from that engineering point of view and just like can bring, I've never studied music like uh, that type of thing in the producer world. Mm. So just having him on board and he understands the vision and the sound of kind of where I'm going. Cause that's why I did it myself because I didn't want anyone else to touch it. I was really protective of the fact that just from working, you can send a song to someone and it comes back a different song. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it's hard to find ingredients to put a team together. No, sorry. It's hard to find. It is. It's fucking really hard to find a team. Like it is a hard thing to do to find a team. And that's why I did this whole record by myself. Instruments and everything. Not that there aren't, Mm. you know, rad musicians out there to collab with and things like that. The idea of it's just fucking hard to put a team together. Yeah. So let alone all be on the same creative path. So when we found him, it was a real blessing in a lot of ways. And we had a couple of sessions and just vibed it out and started clicking. And I think it just came from because we weren't necessarily looking for looking for anything at the time. And it was natural right. and it all just worked. So, but yeah, he'll just be stepping in our studio and, cool. and working from there. Because it's um, there's so much more control over things. Mm. Because like back to that studio allows you to 100% uh, be creative. And there's a bunch yeah. of studios that don't allow that. Going back to that little kid who wants to be a musician and yeah. something like that. I remember the first time I went to a studio, like a proper, proper studio when I was like 15 or whatever it was when I was younger, 13, 12. You're, you're petrified in a lot of yeah. ways because you see all the gear and it's all mesmerizing and this and that. And a lot of the personally, a lot of their creativity kind of disappears because it turns into that work environment in a lot of ways. Right. Well, not even work environment, but just that uncomfortable environment. Mm. whereas that same little kid i guarantee you he's like air guitaring in front of the mirror every night and is full of confidence you know what i mean and then you put him in that room with that producer or whatever so it's important and we like it that way too because we Mm. we do things a certain way i do things a certain way and and i suppose even like you're saying like you'd be working 20 hours days you'd go broke very quickly if you had to hire a studio 20 hours a day yeah, well, well, it's definitely that too for people to be. It all depends on the artist and like yeah, or totally. whatever it is. But in that sense of yeah, I got three days to go in and get this song right. Mm. It is about getting things perfect, and there is no time for that necessarily. Just freedom to even breathe or think about things because of the structure to how that all that whole system goes. Yeah. Whereas I recorded a riff and sat on it for four days and hated the take. Right. I redid it again or things like that. So it does give you, it gives you way more space just to be creative mm. and just be in that zone. I don't know how everyone feels about it, but a lot of the time it's like a punch in, punch out workday type vibe for mm. those. Exactly. Like you're right. It's just not affordable for a lot of people to do it that way. No. Of course. 
and yeah, sure. it's possible to make that music on a laptop sorry maybe not rock and roll music like that because kids think they need a you know a massive uh amp room or a live room for the drums mm. or or whatever that is but you don't you really only need one mic mm. if you really want to get down to recording drums yeah because who says what sounds cool yeah, exactly. so that's really what i'm trying to get with the home recording stuff for everyone because quality can come like quality comes from it yeah for there's sure. not these restrictions for those kids you know what i mean Mm. Or for anyone. Yeah, totally. Well, like I said, I'm looking forward to everything that you got coming out, whenever that may be. Yeah, it's good talking to you today. And yeah, like I said, hope to hear Mm. more soon. Lots more music before the end of the year. Thank you. Thanks for listening and thank you to H for chatting with me this week. Don't forget to check out H's music wherever you buy or stream music and check out his socials as well as the socials for Life on Music. All the details for that will be in the description of the episode. And if you did enjoy this chat, you can follow or subscribe to Life on Music wherever you're listening right now to hear the episodes when they're first released. But that's all for this week. Until next week, goodbye. Life on Music was brought to you by Be Groovy or Leave. Head to BeGroovyOrLeave.com to discover the best in new music.